Welcome to the Holistic Life Mastery Show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and today we are bringing you another incredible conversation with a front runner in the psychedelic movement, in the transformational space, holistic healing, and someone that I'm proud to call a brother and a very good friend and also a colleague. His name is Sam Morris. This is the first time that Sam's been on the show, and him and I have been in a long conversation on and off about doing an episode, and finally our schedules aligned. I had him come over to the house, and we dropped in really, really deeply. And this podcast recording was another good example of just trusting in the divine delays that sometimes life gives you. When things don't always go according to schedule, but they always according they go according to plan. That's one of the themes of today's episode is trusting life's deeper plan, surrendering control, letting go of the things that you can't control, and opening up to the majesty and the mastery of life and its innate intelligence. And we go really deep right out the gate. And why this episode is so special, I think, for both of us is because When we got together, we both just came out of some really deep plant medicine experiences. Um, This was about a weekend after I was in a two... No, actually, this was a couple days. This was like two or three days. No, it's two days after I came out of a two-day weekend-long ayahuasca journey, which was super deep for me. I, I share many different... Uh, processes and lessons and experiences in it. And that weekend, he actually came out of a 5-MeO, Bufo, Alivarius, Toad, DMT ceremony. And we both go really deep into our personal experiences and kind of trading notes and sharing what we went through and the complementary similarities and also opposites of these two particular medicines um, the ayahuasca, which is mostly the DM, the NDMT, the NNDMT compound, and then the Bufo Alivarius Toad, which is 5-MeO-DMT. The compounds aren't so important as the actual, the medicine, the spiritual intelligence of the medicine. And so if you're really wanting to learn a lot more about plant medicines, entheogens, psychedelic therapeutic processes... And um, kind of this emerging field of psychonautical um, medicine, let's just call it. This is a great episode to go into because not only do we talk about the medicines themselves, but we go deep into unpacking the psychological, emotional, spiritual, and also physiological processes that two, two people that are very adept in this type of exploration, this type of clinical, ceremonial, and also recreational um, experimentation and exploration of psychedelics and plant medicines. We both have at least 10 years plus under our belt of, of going through these type of experiences. And so I think it's a really, really great episode for people that are both looking at it clinically, ceremonially, Um, And also looking at it, I I don't want to use the word recreationally, but using it um, personally for your own personal explorations and and self-administered therapeutic processes. We share a lot of our experiences, so this is a great episode to really explore 
um, from, from two people that are very experienced. It's not theoretical. It's not even based on research. It's based on our own personal experience. And we're basically just trading notes back and forth. We, we go into a lot of different things. We, aside from just that, you know, we get into this idea of ending the perpetual cycle of healing, overcoming addiction. That's a huge part of his story, a big part of my process. I wrote a book on addiction, obviously. We talk about shifting out of the victim mentality and releasing the anxiety that is a manifestation of the victim mentality, essentially. And of course, trusting life's master plan. So you're going to enjoy this one. If you haven't clicked out already, then just buckle your seats, get ready for an amazing, amazing adventure, and enjoy this episode with my dear friend, Sam Gibbs Morris. Sam Morris, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. So great to be here. I feel like this has been a, a long time in the making. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like from Austin to Hawaii to mm, wherever mm-hmm. else we've been traveling, like coming yeah. together now is, feels super special. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I feel the same way. And especially because the timing of this moment, we both just came out of some pretty deep medicine journeys this weekend. Yes. Um, I came out of a two-day ayahuasca journey, mm-hmm. and I haven't sat in like two years. Wow. I, I realized that when I was going into the ceremony, uh-huh. and I know that you did a 5-MEO journey, which yeah. I'm excited to hear about, and the details, the experience, the intention going in, mm-hmm. and also what, what you extracted out of it, what you gained yeah. out of it. And um, that's actually a perfect lead-in because I know that that's a, that's a significant element mm-hmm. of the work that you do yeah. with your clients. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that I'd love to illuminate for everyone listening. Yeah. You know, like, not necessarily what 5-MEO is, um, but like, the your relationship with it, yes. I think, is what I'm curious about. So I, I'm, yeah, leading into this kind of integration space that we're both in. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I feel, I feel that's great, and thank you so much. Um, I feel like this conversation is going to be a massive part of kind of unpacking and integrating because mm, mm. I haven't really. I mean, it happened on Saturday, and then you know, with moving and all that stuff, I I've, I've had some time to sit down, but it's like I haven't had a chance to like really like yeah. express what yeah what, what really happened. So. Mm-hmm. Um, where to start? Um, the intention. So, um, well, maybe I should start with, I'll start with my relationship with Bufo. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what kind of led me to it. So, uh, my first experience with Bufo was almost four years ago to the day, mm. uh, last Saturday. It was December 4th, actually. And, um, that's three years ago. So 2020. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the, the why it's important to say that is because that was the, I feel like that was the true start of my healing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, and to say that I hadn't done any work before that would be completely false. Like mm-hmm. I've been in this mm-hmm. work for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. like just working through things, whether that's addiction, whether that's mm. heartbreak or, or loss of parents, loss of siblings, whatever it may be. <clears throat> and when I smoked Bufo on that day, three years ago, I didn't realize how deep healing I needed mm. at that point. Like I was, I was always handling like the, the thing in front of me. Mm, mm, I was, you know, like what's in, like the depression, the anxiety, what's mm-hmm. right here? Like as a human, what do I know about? Yeah. And that was the first time that I sat and I experienced a, a, a level of like, of, I don't know what I don't know. Mm, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the massive, that's the real benefit of psychedelics. That's why it's so important to do the human work. Yeah. Like yeah. Extensive human work, <laughs> years of human work before mm-hmm. you sit with psychedelics. Mm. Um, because otherwise it's, you're just going to, 
it, it, not to say it won't be effective, but you'll get such a deeper experience when, when you do that. So mm-hmm. I've been through AA for six years. I've been through addiction and all these like therapies and rehabs and all this stuff. And on that day, I came out of it. My first thought was that was the healing that I needed every day since the day that I was born. Mm. So coming mm. into the world, I had, and it's interesting that it was an inhalation of medicine mm. because my big, my uh, CPSD from growing up was these little moments, sometimes big, sometimes little, of breath. My breath would be compromised, whether oh, wow. that was uh, choking on food, whether that was a severe asthma attack, a food allergy where the throat's closing up. Um, you know, all my, a lot of my trauma was based around where's my next breath going to come from. Mm. So I take, so I, on this day, when I meet Bufo, when I sit with Bufo, I take this massive, in, massive breath in mm-hmm. and I, and I send off and I, and I, and I get this like healing, healing, healing. Mm. And every day since the day I was born. So, um, ever since then, that pretty much right at that moment, it was, how do I bring this medicine to my clients? How do I bring this medicine to the world? Mm. And, and I feel like that wasn't really my decision. Yeah, I, I was available to it and open to it. And as you know, the medicine's like, this, I'm with you now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just mm-hmm. a confluence of like decisions and choices and uh, opening up, remaining open and surrendering to the process. Yeah. And over the next nine months or so, um, that's when I did my apprenticeship down in Mexico with sitting with shamans and, and doing mm. you know, heroic doses and all the things that led to me wow. being able to facilitate this medicine. Mm-hmm. Now... And then I've done, I've probably facilitated over 200 ceremonies since then. Oh, wow. Yeah. With people, some groups, some mostly private one-on-one, some couples, some, some groups. Um, and so bringing me to this moment here on Saturday. So my, my mom's dad died uh, when she was 16. Um, and everyone in the family that's, that has met me says I, like, I resemble him physically. I resemble him kind of emotionally. Mm. And... Um, I've oftentimes before in medicine ceremonies been presented with that I am clearing the karma of the man of my lineage. Mm. So that means mm-hmm. my dad's dad, who was a raging alcoholic, wow. uh, abusive, um, and you know I went through that. Like I mm-hmm. cleared that, <clears throat> and then um, my mom's dad, who he was a doctor in Cooperstown, New York, and um, I don't know much, but I know that there's some whispers that there were some things happening mm. that were maybe mm-hmm. not of the utmost integrity. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. so for me, like he's come to me in several medicine ceremonies. Um, and th- this, again, this is about like, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. My intention in this ceremony, and I'll get back to that in a second. My yeah. intention in this ceremony was, um, this year has been about like sitting with medicine is not so much of a healing journey anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a like mm-hmm. expansion journey. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. these medicines provide me with so much healing. Like, like the healing I needed every day since the day I was born. Literally. Right, right. And now it's been like, you know, I think the tendency is to go in and say like, oh, I got all this stuff to heal. Yep. And yes, there it's there, but you get to a certain point where it's like, okay, so I'm at this like brand new baseline and I'm, I'm of the light now, not so mm-hmm. much of the darkness mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I got there this year. And so this medicine journey was the first one where I said, you know, I'm calling in expansion, I'm calling in wealth, I'm calling in clients, I'm calling in like bigger impact and all these Mm-hmm. These things that I'm desiring to, to bring to the world, yeah. as opposed to what can you do for me? Right. How right. can I be of service now? Mm-hmm. And so that was my big intention going in. And I had a whole list, and I wrote a letter to myself, my future self, and did the whole intention thing. And um, all that all that came <laughs> in on that intention was, yes, it's already here. 
Mm. It's here. You're doing it. Like the this is this is why you 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 have landed in the exact place that you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. in men's work, in psychedelic leadership, in yogic leadership. Like all these things. Like it Mm. has. You are here. Mm. And so it was a comfort, a a really grounded, like uh, precise confirmation of like this is it. Like you Mm. you already know. Wow. Yeah. And so coming back to the grandfather thing, um, so. He died when my mom was 16. And the way he died was that he was mowing the back lawn and he ran over an in-ground beehive and, and like five or 600 bees came up and swarmed him and stung him and he died of anaphylaxis. Oh from my bee God. Stings. Yeah. So I do my first inhale. Um, I did three rounds of, of the Bufo and I did my first one. And towards the end, as I was kind of coming back and I was kind of like, you know, in that like, not out of the medicine, but I'm also mm-hmm. present enough. I mm-hmm. said, I just felt like I, I made a beeline for the backyard. I think emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a beeline for the backyard. And as I was going out of the backyard, it, like, all my, it took off all my clothes. I was like, I need to like, I need to feel this land mm. and commune with this land. And I'll get to the importance of the, of that house in a second. Um, and then after the fact, so I went out there and I did, I did two more than second two rounds out there in the backyard. And, um, the, the my buddy that was holding space for me told me after he's like yeah as soon as you came out and laid on the ground a swarm of bees flew up out of the ground like what right kind of body where he was lying <laughs> yeah and so I was like and so as when he said that I immediately thought of my grandfather mm-hmm. and like holy shit like this is like the completion of that karmic healing like I'm done healing that like lineage mm-hmm. so this is, goes back to me now mm-hmm. like it's time to, for me to like step into expansion and not be so weighted down by all this healing and bad karma and Mm -hmm. ancestral trauma. Mm -hmm. There's there's, like, I completed it with my dad's dad with the addiction and healing from that. And now I completed it with what was going on with my mom's dad by essentially coming home to myself. Yeah. And so then he died of these things and the bees flew up out of the ground, like right next to where I was laying down. And I was just, I I, kind of collapsed in that moment. I was like, like, I, I thought I knew how important this house was and this land was, but then I was mm. like, the, everything led me to, like, that moment. And bees coming up out of the ground. Yeah. That is not normal. No. It's only, only the second time I've ever heard of bees being in the ground. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first time was, you know, when my mom was 16 back in 1953 or whatever it was. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that was, that was kind of the big, the big experience of the... Of the bufo, and then also, um, I I've landed this year on kind of not like a so the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. We talked about the, you know mm-hmm. everyone talks about like okay event happens addiction. Mm-hmm. Like you get set off onto the onto the hero's journey, and you go and you slay your dragons and conquering your demons and facing down the monsters and all the things that happen out there. And what always and what happens is that it feels so good to do that. Yeah, like it, it it's like we, we get. As men, I think mostly like women, I'm sure too, but I'll speak to men. Is that that warrior in us comes online and it's like, this is my purpose to be mm-hmm. a warrior. Mm-hmm. And okay, yes, but if you're always remaining on the hero's journey, you're gonna start creating dragons and creating demons. Mm-hmm. And it looks like self sabotage and it looks like, right. you know, um, running away, isolating, disconnecting, like all these things because it feels so good and worthy and like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And the part that gets lost is, is come back home, mm. the return home from the hero's journey. Right. And so, um, you know, I've been on a hero's journey essentially for 
like 20 years since I, since I got divorced. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was 18 years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, my marriage ended and that's when the, all the, like the real addiction started to kick on. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been living in these like studio and one bedroom kind of cubbyhole apartments for 18, 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a brief stint in a house in North Carolina and that was when the addiction actually ended, was at that house. Oh, but it was like two months, but it was, it was too expensive for me. Oh, and I okay. collapsed. And, and so now, 11 years later, I have another opportunity to like expand again into a house with like a whole new body, new consciousness. But so this house signifies this coming home. Mm-hmm. And then to have, you know, my, basically my grandfather's presence there and on the land is just like, there's so many Jeez. things lining, aligned and, and just like falling into place. It's, it's mm. unreal. And that, that ceremony was just. It was confirmation of, okay, we're mm. right, exactly where we were supposed to be. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> that is an incredible story. Yeah. There's so many pieces to it. Yeah. What, um, for people that don't know, like what, what would you say differentiates Bufo, 5-MeO, mm-hmm. DMT from, you know, ayahuasca or psilocybin yeah. or... MDMA or Iboga, we don't have to get into into all those things, but in the vast category of psychedelics or mind altering substances yeah. and theogens, like um, is it? There's a lot to Bufo that's not. Um, it's very nuanced, I think, yeah. and especially for someone like you who is a seasoned practitioner and facilitator, versus someone like even like me who's done maybe ten Bufo sessions, mm-hmm. um, and I have my own experience with them um none of them bad but just none of them like the same as like going through an ayahuasca journey yeah like to me me going through mm-hmm. ayahuasca is like a pinnacle experience that um i don't get from Bufo, or at least i haven't so far yeah. so i'm just curious yeah like what 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 makes it so unique or special for you um i, I think so for me it's it's a surrender piece yeah, uh-huh. that's the bit. Yeah. It's a huge part of it, mm-hmm. and I think like if we want to get into like a kind of a three D re- uh, difference, it's the time. You know, all mm-hmm. the other ones are basically six to twenty four hours. If you're talking about a bit yeah. of a peyote, yeah. And so this one is twenty minutes, literally fifteen to twenty minutes. And so it's 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 one of those where it's like, how much can you like people? You know, the mind wants to get around like, oh, but I need eight hours in this mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. And and then this and this then speaks to, like let's not getting into even comparing these. So and, totally. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's like let let's allow them to be what each one is because, I feel like bufo, is the most somatic. The most somatic of, of uh-huh. the medicines because um, there's essentially no time to purge. Mm. And with ayahuasca, you have like you're in there for nine hours. And oh you're, yeah. Like, you're gonna go through the stomach and the. And there's so many there. reverberations, and once you complete one cycle, you're <laughs> off into another journey, and it's like, yeah. And it is. I just want to comment on this too, because this happened for me in the journey where, both nights the onset was really intense, mm-hmm. and even points kind of frightening, like just in the from the ego perspective of like yeah. I'm in a I'm in a bind, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But I'm in this like energetic bind and there's all these visuals coming in and I can't, I can't get out. Yeah. So it's like if I was there for 15 minutes and I knew that somewhere it would be, it's a different level of surrender to just being in this like bind wrapped around vines yeah. and just stuck, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh my God, when is this going to break out? Yeah. 
But then on the other end, when I did emerge out of it, there was a sense of like such relief and gratitude yes. <laughs> because of the time extension. A hundred percent true. Yeah. Like, these being, they're being so long lasting. That's exactly it. Like we go through like these moments where like I'm fully in my human. Like I'm here and I'm aware that I'm fucking scared as shit. <laughs> and this ayahuasca is like coming like a freight train. And I can see it. Mm-hmm. And I know that for the next seven hours, what's going to happen? And, right. and, then, and then within that seven hours, there's like those moments where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like writhing around on the ground or throwing up mm-hmm. or going to the bathroom or whatever it is. And then the human comes kind of, the human comes back in and you're like, okay, a little bit of a lull. Right. And it's like, oof, you're back in it. Again. Yeah. Yeah. With, with Bufo, it's like, I always say like, you know, with the other ones, there's an arc to it. Mm. Like you, you drink mm-hmm. or you eat the mushrooms or take the LSD or whatever it is. And then, you know, you have about 30 or 45 minutes of like a lead up mm-hmm. and then you start to feel it and then you're kind of in it, whatever, six to 10 hours and then you, you fade out. Mm. Whereas Bufo is more of like a, a literal blast off. Yeah. Like you're straight up. Like there's no, but you're right. by the time you're done inhaling, you're, you're, it, it's hit you. You know, it's real fast. Mm-hmm. And then it's the, the taper off. So the arc is still there, but it's almost like the half of the arc. Like you just go right mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and then you taper off. And so I think that, um, Bufo, when the surrender piece is that um, people want that experience of like the remembrance and the knowing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is hundred percent valuable. And mm-hmm. like I think this is why the longer the longer um, titrated medicines like actually serve purpose because people do get this experience of being in there eight hours. Mm-hmm. But with Bufo, a lot of times there's there's some very little remembrance. Right. You know, and right. so that's, especially in the first few minutes when you're completely blasted off and disassociated and the mind and the body are operating separately. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're like the, the line of consciousness is like a dot in the rear of your mirror. Right. You're just in it. Right. <laughs> you're in source. You know, it's mm. where it's all, all knowing, all being. You're fully like merged. Fully merged with everything. Like there's no separation at all. Mm-hmm. And so people come out like, what happened? Like, I want to know. And I'm like, doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't. Like you, you, and like, so it, they say it's 15, 15 years of therapy in 15 minutes. I like mm. to say it's 15 lifetimes because mm. it's the seven generations back, the seven forward, and, and the one that you're experiencing now. And so, people, this is, and, and this is when the, like, the shaking and the mm. moving around, the and somatic and catharsis, and yeah, somatic release because finally the mind mm. is completely out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there, of course, but like the body is finally free to express and release what it's wanting to ex- express and release for so, for so long that, mm. again, what did I not know? What was I holding in my hips? What was I holding in my shoulders? My mm-hmm. hands? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen people go into full on like boat pose and just hold it <laughs> and, and just like it's like completely flex and just relax and just, uh yeah yeah and so the big difference is that like although it is 15 20 minutes you get so much work so much work it's done by the medicine itself uh-huh. like there's not uh-huh. like with ayahuasca you're kind of like and mushrooms too there's like a element of you and the medicine are working together to work through this thing. Mm-hmm. And that feels good to a human because it feels like we're doing something, which is a, right, like, like right. a worth thing for human beings. Mm-hmm. And so with Bufo, it's like you just literally have to let the medicine do what it's going to do. And the medicine will. It's, it's the only one I feel that completely takes the hands off the wheel. Okay. Completely. Yeah, I, I see. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, ayahuasca kind of like, it's kind of, um, I don't want to say like it forces you. Because you can resist. Yeah, you can. you're fully capable of resisting. It's just 
but you're not going to overpower this thing. Yeah. You're not you're not going to outsmart it or outwit <laughs> it. Like it has your num- it has your number. Yeah. It's got you checkmated in every single <laughs> every single move. And she'll listen to you. She'll be, you'll be like, I don't want to go there. She'll be like, okay. We'll just put that one on the end of the next circle. <laughs> I'll, I'll consider that. Yeah. <laughs> I always say there's a meme out there that uh, it's actually a, a set, like a proverb, but it's uh, when you're wrestling an 800 pound gorilla, you're not done when the rest the match isn't over when you're done, the match is over when the gorilla's done. That gorilla is ayahuasca. Totally. Like, you're not, it's not about like, I've gotten to the end of ayahuasca ceremonies and you're like, God damn it. Like, it's, it's still, still here, still going through oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. And the one in uh, the last time I sat in Costa Rica, not last time, but the time before last, I sat in Costa Rica. I was in the most fucking intense. Like I don't even know how long it was, but it was my fourth cup, and it was like it was the tail end of the same one, so probably three hours. Mm. It was it's the most intense, where to the point where I was like in and out, like he's talking about, like in this like intense, like experiencing all my shame and all my guilt and all my just the things I hate about myself, mm-hmm. and then it would be like a release, and it'd be like complete God consciousness. I'd be like, mm-hmm. And then it would come back and I'd be like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept, I got to the point where I was saying, like, kind of out loud, like, God damn it. Like, can you just be done? Mm-hmm. And it kept mm-hmm. coming. And then I, towards mm-hmm. the end, I started saying, I was like, um, God damn, it doesn't feel right anymore. I said, God, <laughs> I said, God thank you. Uh-huh. And, it all and then it changed. It all, yeah, it, like, totally. It was, it was over. Like, it was just done. And like that shift of that, that's the surrender. The, the, like you said, like you can say like, okay, no, but then she's going to be like, why are you resisting? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You don't want to look at that, but we're going to look at something else that's related to that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the resistance is futile. And it shows you, it shows you all the areas that you are resisting or you have the propensity to resist. Yes. And I mean, it's like infinite in terms of what we could describe and go into just, and that's the thing with like, the ayahuasca experience is that it's infinite, but it takes you through infinity, like movie scenes that you're psychosomatically experiencing and going through and navigating. Yeah. Which is, I think that that's one of the one of the main differences. They're they're very similar on some level, but in the experience, very very different. Yeah. But there is like a similar signature in a way, 100%. right? Because you're like going with Bufo, you're going from infinity and beyond, like right out the gate. Yeah. With Aya, it's it's a progressive quest. <laughs> like I'm literally going through a quest, and I think that's what I enjoy about it, yeah. is that I like to go through this, this journey and this experience, and there's parts of it where I'm like, oh God, I should not, I shouldn't have drank in that last cup, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't know if I, I want to ever do this again, and then I come through, and then it's yeah. like a deep, profound, rapturous moment where like every bit of me comes into synchrony and I'm having this deep cathartic reconnection with myself Mm -hmm. and it's beyond description but then I'm like feeling like I'm in the the release and the embers of my subconscious trauma or whatever is Mm -hmm. being released and brought back into the into the the ethers and it's like there feels like there's this this spirit that is that is wafting me with everything that I've held for so long in just these moments of absolute relief oh, yes. and remembrance. Yes. And then as I come out of that and I'm ready to like sit with it, then the music shifts <laughs> and then it goes into tribal beats and I'm like, oh shit. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, can we just stay with what just happened? Can I just yeah. stay with this like profound 
deep healing and then and then it's like oh and then you feel like oh here comes the snakes and like oh man and then so it's like i thought i was out out of it and i just come cross through and now it's like oh no now i'm gonna have now i have to release my resistance to to that now you right and the, and the, and the, the medicine, no, the medicine's so intelligent. Was she, like, you wanted to hold on to that experience, but she's like, no, you're complete there. Right. And you're like, but it was so nice. It was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. She's like, no, we're going over here now. Let me ask you. So you said um, with Bufo or any other medicines, but Bufo in particular, it's like doing 15 lifetimes. What do you mean by that? Because I, I that it's... You know, again, to the the distinction between these two, like Aya, it's drawn out. The mind can wrap its head mm-hmm. around what that means. Ten years of psychotherapy in a single session or two, yeah. like that. Okay, yeah, I could totally make that sense because I'm 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 co-piloting. I'm co I'm in the the thing a bit. Like yeah. with with Bufo, do you mean like it's energetically? Because yeah. I can't I can't recapture that. I don't know that that's true after I come out of it. Yeah. I know that there's a shift. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Bufo um, is, is the quantum. It operates in the quantum. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about quantum healing, we literally, we go seven generations back. That's how deep the quantum goes. And, and seven generations mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. So as quantum, there's like multiple timelines existing all at one time. So mm-hmm. your future self is already happening and your past self and all the souls and, and the lifetimes that you've lived and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. when you sit with these medicines and I mean I think all of them but especially Bufo you're literally repatterning the mm. seven years the seven generations mm. coming up and therefore the seven generations that get to exist in you know if we want to talk 3D mm-hmm. for the next thousand years but in the quantum like you're it's a literal like putting a hand forward and touching all these other versions of you that are future versions of you that are existing right now and healing in those lifetimes in those mm. Mm. and so when we when we talk about like and that's what the one that's happening now because you're the one that's ingesting the medicine now mm. you're obvious you're clearly going to get some relief and some healing because you're not carrying these burdens anymore mm. you know the, mm. the epigenetics of it the burdens of the stories of your lineage or the stories of these karmic contracts that you signed right and then the right. burdens of um you know the weight of like those karmic contracts shifting and continuing forward all of it gets released and you feel in this lifetime now back to the this this world this version this this version of me feel this immense relief because there's so much freedom in the body and so much freedom in the um just the healing i remember mm-hmm. like there was a mm-hmm. like my anxiety like voices in the head it was like volume 500 mm-hmm. before i spoke bufo and I remember, I remember sitting in meditation like three days later and i like i've been meditating for 15 years and i'm like i've never i've never meditated before like i've never actually meditated mm-hmm. before because it was always mm-hmm. just essentially like mm-hmm. rapid fire voices in my head and then i was like sit- <coughs> sitting there it was like three days later and i was like it is really fucking quiet in here wow yeah because wow. and, and then the voices like they, i mean the anxiety is there it's it's it exists but it's like if it was 500 it's like 50 25 volume sometimes mm. it's a three mm. and so and that's never it's never been back to that level it was before that buffo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then with ayahuasca I just like experience you're talking about of like being in this like realm. Yeah. I, so these these like thoughts that I have like my I you can tell I, I talk fast but my thoughts are like yeah you know and yeah. so when I was there was a moment in ayahuasca it was the first time I sat I was in the Amazon and 
I landed in this place that was like, you know, Lars Pullman, those like, it's like AI art. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Clouds. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in like that kind of place. I've been, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And there was like a a tribunal of all these versions of me around me. And I was sitting there like trying to make space for all these different thoughts and like, oh no, like it was so, it felt so like overwhelming and chaotic. And all of a sudden, like all these thoughts just got to exist on this, like Mm. I was sitting on this like blue water. Mm-hmm. And like everything calmed down, and like oh, they just all get to be here. Like there's no there, there's space enough for all of them, and it was the, another one of these like quieting of this chaos, this internal chaos, mm-hmm. which this now like getting into like divine masculinity, like this is what creates the space in our systems. Mm-hmm. Like this is when we when we don't have this bandwidth, like just jacked up by thoughts and anxiety and voices and noises and beliefs and all that, and we have clear like ability to hold it all. That's when we can be present. Mm. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're if we're like if we're sitting if you're sitting with your girlfriend and I'm sitting with you know a partner yep. anybody mm-hmm. and you're you can be there and like yep. pretend you're listening and maybe yep. you're half listening but if you got things raced around in your head you're not really there and she can feel that mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. when the trust erodes and the safety erodes and all that stuff. Totally, totally. I mean that's so much of what my what I was navigating in my journey, you know, like. Like exactly that. And that's what I've noticed with Aya, but in particular this experience, like it, it, it's partly like deeply trying to experience the experience and then also being completely distracted by the mind in its like narrativizing mm. and describing and analyzing and also coming in to like, to like try to explain to itself <laughs> what's happening. And it was so just agitating yeah you know what i mean like i've talked to a number of people that have had this experience too so it wasn't just me Mm -hmm. but it was like okay like i'm having the experience that i could actually deal with the experience as whatever it is yeah but then the mind coming in trying to like explain it like make sense of it yeah like make sense of it but it's like it's it's like it's audible it's like it's 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 going it's yeah. so it's like distracting from the experience and i can't it's like i can't shut it off mm-hmm. so it's what we were talking about before we recorded is like this sometimes like this this amplification this magnification of subconscious thoughts or stories or beliefs or self-judgments mm-hmm. and then being turned up to a hundred yeah. in a way that we don't experience in our waking state yeah. and experiencing the um the energetic impact that that has on the system mm. like just being cranked up yeah and one piece without going too deep into it but just one piece i really was challenged by in the first night and going through this deep like wave of grief and just all these like self criticisms but it's hard to differentiate between self-judgment and authentic accountability Mm. it was not clear to me actually if one was different than the other because there's all these things going through and i really was like oh my god like you're so dropping the ball in this these certain areas (laughs) and you're not showing up and Mm -hmm. all this um and it felt super authentic, like like this feeling of like, I need to step up and I yeah. need to be better and I need to take accountability for this. And then, but it kept, it was so full on that it got to a point where I was like, man, this is really harsh. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really like, like, like 
this has got to be some sort of deeper self-judgment. Yeah. And like, as I came out of it, I realized like, okay, like I see the medicine in it. Yeah. And I also see how unnecessarily hard I can be on myself, but it just amplified that. Yeah. This is not something I walk around with all the time. Right. Sometimes I'll feel it like, yeah. oh, you know, if something happens or yeah. get a reflection. But in this case, it just like drove it up. Yeah. I, um, thanks for sharing that because mm. it, it, it's so relatable because it, I think aside from like whatever the event was, right. like I'm falling short, or right, I'm, right. I'm fucking up over here. The, the real root of that is this harsh self-judgment. Yes. And so <clears throat> that's what the ayahuasca was showing. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. No, that's uh, agreed. It's, it's not because these things are going to happen in life. And then you come back to yourself the next day or whenever and you're like, well, thank you. And like in my real human experience, which is also very important, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal. Yeah. But what does feel, what I do need to know is that I am ex, excruciatingly hard on myself. Yes. And what ha- I think what I think what these medicines show us is they, <clears throat> so this 95% that's subconscious that operates mm. and that drives most of our life, that's where we, that's where we go in yeah. these medicines. And that's why they're so important because like you, you as a human are like, okay, you, it's there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I get that I'm a little hard on myself. Yeah. Ayahuasca's like, no, 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 bro. Like, you are really... (laughs) (laughs) You you really use a little backing off on that. Mm. And that's where the kindness of Ayahuasca Mm. comes in. It's like, she's she's showing you in a a very intense way where you get to be a little nicer or where you get to be a little more conscious. And so I think that... And that's what's so scary is Mm. that... Because that 95% that we never hear but yet drives the show, we we either... Two things happen. I feel like one is, is like... And these... It's not either, but they both happen. Like, but we literally so say consciousness is a line, the five percent and ninety five percent. And most of the time, we're you know in that five percent where we're aware, mm. and that ninety five percent kind of surrounds us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With these medicines, what happens is like we have one foot in the in the conscious and one foot in the subconscious, and we're literally straddling the line. Yep. And we get to truly see how does this self judgment affect mm. my five percent. Mm. And mm-hmm. that's and then, then then we get into integration. Like, okay, great. Like you know, you said it. Like ownership, awareness, self awareness, right? All very valuable. Mm-hmm. And when do we get heavy handed with it? Too much ownership. Right. Too much self awareness. Where mm-hmm. it actually blocks us from showing up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the the manifestation of anxiety and these different uh-huh. you know psychological and and physiological symptoms yeah. that you know our world is so quick to you know a pill for every ill. Yes. and cut burn poison and, mm-hmm. and take this supplement and this biohacking thing and, and a lot of it is great but most of it is symptom management even the holistic health world and the naturopathic world and the the iv injections yeah. and even like the sauna and cold plunging and the floating like it's all great stuff but primarily symptom management in the way that most people are are dealing with it not because they're dealing with it incorrectly but because they're dealing with you know, low to medium to high grade anxiety, mm-hmm. whether you know it or not, it's just the dysregulation of our somatic system yep. and everything that you're talking about. Like these, these unresolved, um, echoes yes. that are in the backdrop of our subconscious mind, but the body keeps the score as we know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's so true. And, and then, you know, anxiety is like, it's, it's a symptom of inflammation. Mm, so mm, you know so mm. like we have like whatever is going on in our body and like you said like they're like we don't go get an iv unless we're hung over or unless we're like the allergies are really bad right 
and it's like in the, this is like I don't know if you know German new medicine. But uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is I'm, it's really attractive to me because it like really just blows past symptoms. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I, I asked mm-hmm. my friend, you know Brandon Bozar. Yeah, he's a yeah very close yeah. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a good friend of mine too. And I asked him, I was like, what are, what does German new medicine say about food allergy? And he's like, brother, it doesn't exist. Mm. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's all it's all a trauma marker that you develop some sort of protection mechanism when something happened. But mm-hmm. literally, like, food allergies, there's nothing in German medicine that says food allergies should be a thing. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. I completely agree with that. And yeah. Like, that, like symptoms, <clears throat> if we can look past this, if we treat the symptoms, we're essentially, that's when the body starts keeping the score. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You treat the symptoms and the body's like, I guess I don't matter. Right. right. It's like, bro, I'm trying to tell you something. And you're like, no, I'll take, I'll take yeah, some. Yeah, that, that's a, that is a key point. That's a key yeah. point. Even with food allergies, like really what it is, is <coughs> the immune system's compromised. Yes. It's not that you're fundamentally um, allergic to something, but there has, there has been a development of a signature. It's like a, a cellular signature mm-hmm. that is associated the tobacco as, you know, something that agitates your system. So then there's a histamine reaction. But yeah. then again, it's like, but then the deeper thing is like, what is the energetic that you have have um, consistently developed with the tobacco? Yeah. Escapism, stress management, yes. you know, there, now there's an addictive component to it mm-hmm. instead of like more of a ceremonial or once in a while kind of thing. Yeah. Then it then it develops this like the signature and then that actually becomes detrimental to the immune system. And so like just on a physiological level that I believe that is totally true. Yeah. And I can see how that, how that just, how that's true with most things. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to take that even a step further is like, okay, so you recognize that, that tobacco is an agitator. Yeah. And it gives you an allergic reaction essentially. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you keep choosing allergic reactions? Yeah. Is he like being a victim? Do you want a little mm-hmm. sympathy? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on there? Like, mm-hmm. When, when, when did it become? When did allergic reactions become serviceable to you? Interesting. At what point did? At what point did you get benefit or payoff from allergic reaction? Like for me, from asthma. Like mm-hmm. I got so much payoff as a kid from these things, like attention and validation and sympathy. You can miss school. In miss school. Like, yeah. I would. I'd be able to go to the hospital and like, and they had cable TV at the hospital and like, I didn't have that at home and there was like. Just so much. And so mm-hmm. taking that with me through life, I, I recognize that like, oh, this state of struggle or victimhood actually like there's payoffs. So I, that's addiction. Like I, I was like, my life was really fucking good before addiction. I was about, I got married. I buy houses. I had a great job. Mm. I'm like, this is, it doesn't feel good. I don't feel good in this. Uh. Because there's no, there's no space for my victim. Wow. There's no space. Like, I feel like I'm not getting the attention I would get if I was struggling with something. Mm. And so it enter addiction. Wow. And uh, back to the um, food allergy thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, on people with uh, multiple personality disorders, well, they have like three, four, five different personalities. Mm-hmm. They've done studies and like one of the personalities will have a severe peanut allergy and the other four will not. Yep. I've actually studied this. Funny yeah. you bring it oh, up. Yeah, tell me, tell me what you know. Well, <laughs> no, just that it. basic premise that you just mentioned. Yeah. Like somebody, the, I've studied it particularly with like, disease reversal and spontaneous remissions. Mm-hmm. I've also seen the the food allergies um, piece of it too, but like somebody that has cancer, stage three or stage four cancer, and they have like a, they have um, an identity shift. Like, so if they, like literally just an identity shift, not necessarily even multiple personality syndrome, yeah. but they have just have a fundamental shift in their identity. And then 
over a certain amount of time, I suspect, and then they, the manifestation of those symptoms completely disappeared because it wasn't associated to the new identity. Mm. But then I, I'm also backtracking through just research or studying random things like this where that also has been the case in multiple personality syndrome where somebody, yeah, they, they have whatever going on, but then they click over into this other, this other version of themselves that doesn't have those symptoms, mm -hmm. doesn't have those personality traits, doesn't have those mannerisms. Yeah. Yeah. Whole different identity. Right. Yeah. It's like they, they did a study on cigarette smokers, like 60 people that smoke cigarettes. And they told 30 of them, say, when someone asks you, like, no, I'm trying to quit. And then the other 30 mm -hmm. they said, no, I don't smoke is going to be the response. Yep. And the people that said, no, I don't smoke, like the, the, the rate of success was like a thousand times more. Uh -huh. Because they just said, I identify as a non-smoker, where the yep. other person still identified as a smoker that's trying to that's quit. That's trying to quit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they're still stuck in the identity. It's, it's, this is why I left uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm, because every mm. morning, every meeting you go to, I'm saying I'm an alcoholic. If you don't say it, they're like, what's going on over there? Not an alcoholic? And yeah, they like, question you about it. Because they don't believe you. Like, they, you're they always going to be a recovering it, alcoholic. It doesn't fit their narrative. Uh-huh. Because like, them, they, they feel the need to identify as an alcoholic so it stays present in their system so they're like it's an awareness thing mm. um for mm. me though it felt like if i got to the point where like if i'm always identifying myself as an alcoholic to me that meant that i'm also identifying identify myself as a broken human being right always right. gonna have something to fix and that and that the so me leaving aa was like the most probably the most important the most potent medicine that i ever experienced in my journey mm. was that moment when i decided i'm, I'm leaving aa and i'm going to go on this other journey it was i mean i was i was on an upward trajectory mm -hmm. but it was a hockey stick moment wow because i because i shifted the identity mm -hmm. said, you I'm, no longer needed the meetings i don't i don't even feel i, I don't even like the, even the conversation about alcoholic or sobriety or recovery mm. like it doesn't really it's not I, i'll have the conversation and i understand mm. it and it serves a lot of people and aa served me for a very long time mm -hmm. no shade mm -hmm. and like that conversation doesn't resonate with me anymore yeah and it's 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 so in aa there's a thing about i'm recovering yeah or i'm a recovered mm. and there's a big there's a kind of like a big battle about it like mm. if you say i'm recovered people are going to question you but like because you always again always recovering right when are you gonna when are you gonna like and that's a perpetual i'm healing i'm growing it's yeah. it's like it's a never-ending loop yes and, and this goes back to being out on the hero's journey like you're always always just creating a reason to fight to stay out there because and that's so because really what what's back home either represents too much pain or you feel like you can't handle it or you don't deserve that life that's you don't deserve home. that yeah yeah like the, the beautiful woman the beautiful life and, and mm -hmm. like a guy mm -hmm. like well, be it, he'll live at the house with his wife, mm -hmm. but he's not really home because mm -hmm. he's not home for himself. He's, he's still looking for battles to fight. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it just like the more that we can, again, like look at these, like, what are we, what are we doing to identify ourselves or how are we identifying ourselves? Yeah. As mm. like, as the, the, the struggle guy, or is it the, the expansion or the um, mm. the balanced, grounded guy because you can't right. Have, no, can't that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't be. Uh, can't is a strong word. I. It's mm. let's just say it's challenging to be fully stable and fully grounded, and also to be ever continually expanding. And even as I say that, I, I am getting a kind of a picture of like this 
this holy trinity kind of perspective versus this this like dualistic perspective of mm -hmm. like it's one or the other yeah i also see that there is this image of like being rooted and grounded like with your feet on the ground mm -hmm. and then you're also able to expand and widen with like your head in the clouds so to speak yeah like the bridging between heaven and earth yes but then there's a third prong to that which has to be spirit or god and I think that's the that that that's like the that's the difference maker, right? Mm. Is when people are really strong in their faith, and they they're beyond themselves. Like that's like that's what I think is the difference between recovered and recovering. Yeah. If I'm always recovering, I I'm the one who thinks I'm in charge. I'm the one who's doing everything. I'm trying to make everything happen, right? I'm yeah. recovering. Yeah. Versus like. I'm recovered, meaning I have recovered something within me that oh, was lost, dude. right? So yeah. And so what else could that be other than a connection with God, source, spirit, divi yeah. divinity? And the earth. Yeah, and then, right. And then be that, be that kind of channel, that vessel. That, mm -hmm. And that's what, when you talk about divine masculine, that's what that is. Mm -hmm. It's that connected, grounded, safe, and also like how, how tapped in to source am I? How much of a, mess, a messenger or a vessel of source am I? And then that, I think that third part you talk about is that meeting of it mm. is like, is the, the 360 awareness. Uh-huh, Because uh -huh. within that, like tapped in up here, grounded down here, like you have this world in front of you that you have to be mm. present to. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, mm -hmm. you're missing the boat big you're time. You're missing the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it's easy to say like, oh, I'm, I experienced this earlier this year where, like, coming out of addiction, um, it's a very ungrounded, you know, mm. chaotic mm -hmm. existence. Like, you're, you're fucking all over the place. And so, like, my, my, my kind of reflex was the pendulum swung so far in the direction, I was like, mm -hmm. like, grounded down and safe to the point where it was like, I got feedback that, like, it's kind of boring and robotic. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm Become like, a very boring person. <laughs> yeah. Because, and I did. I recognized <laughs> it. Like. And, and like, I would, I would tell stories about, like, drunk Sam, and people would be mm. like, where's that guy? Like, you don't have to be drunk to have that right. level of, like, expression and, mm. and joy. And I, I had associated it with shame and uh, guilt from the addiction. Mm -hmm. And so this whole year has been really about, like, how do I get off the ground a little bit and mm. back mm -hmm. into, like, mm -hmm. source and also present to the pleasure and the joy of life? Yeah. Which is just the most massive growth I've ever experienced. Did um that process did did the the breakup from the relationship did that facilitate that? I would say the breakup, yes, but also the kind of the end of it. The actual completion. Finally. Yeah, like the, the way that I was showing up in the end of it mm. was it was not great. Okay. Like I was I, I, I went from you know, okay, maybe I was safe and grounded, but I was also, like, I got to the point where I was completely checked out. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and then she, she experienced abandonment from, from, my, from how I was showing up or not uh -huh. showing up, uh -huh. which uh -huh. is true. Like, I, I did not, and it was, there was abandonment there. And, I, I, I mean, medicine for everybody. Yeah. And yeah. I, it, it pointed me in a direction of, wow, you got fucking work to do mm. you got work to do in your masculine frame like who you who you show up as a man because i can be on instagram and coach guys and mm -hmm. tell them and give them all the things to do to like be that and mm -hmm. i was not it okay and so it pointed me in this direction of what do i get to do to get to just shift out of this like scared little boy mm. energy is what because it's really what it came down to was it like self-protection self-protection and it was all, honestly it was 
It was more um, shame. Shame. Like okay. I just like every time I saw her, I was like, I'm so ashamed of how I showed up, mm. how I'm showing up, mm. and that like if if I'm feeling shame there then I'm going to re- re- mm. pull back, and then she feels more rejection and more mm-hmm. abandonment. Mm-hmm. And so it's this, just like this cycle of, like it's literally a death spiral for the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so then the bra- the, uh, we broke up in April and went our separate ways for a couple months, and like I got back, I got to work, she got to work, and the energy's cleared. Mm. We got back together, and there was just a lot of damage there. Really? You know, we, I don't think we gave each other enough time to really, really recalibrate. Um, and... Um, you know, it all, it all came to an end early, like September this year. Mm-hmm. And honestly, mm-hmm. like the most painful thing I've ever experienced, mm-hmm. you know, it, like the loss and the grief. And again, it brought me back to that shame uh, that I, that from January on was just this, just, I don't even know what the word for it is, but just this cycle of shame and, and growth and, and all this stuff. And then, you know, it also gave me a lot of perspective of how far I have come. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because as much as, um, you know, she has this experience, she had this experience of me mm-hmm. as that. And yeah. um, I would, I, what was happening was, is that I was, I felt so deeply in that shame mm. that I, I wasn't able to even see myself mm. through her wounded, her wounded version of me. Because I was carrying and like ownership and like taking on this like I I, I need to like do this and it got to the point where um, yeah I just I lost sight of myself mm-hmm. and so the 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 real ending here like it really like the past four months or so have been this real call back to like how do I see myself like how do I identify myself like who who what's my truth yeah yeah and 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 doing it <coughs> free of shame and guilt mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. real real magical stuff yeah wow yeah. Wow. It's, it's big. It, it, you know, it. breakups are medicine, man. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. real potent medicine. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, and it, you know, I've been on both sides of them. And either side is absolutely not easy. Yeah. Like, yeah. the human nature wants to be like, oh, I'm the one that decided to leave. So it's, and I experienced this with my marriage. Like, I was like, for, for I, I got right in another relationship in three years. I'm like, oh, I'm the one that left the marriage. Like, I'm clear. I'm clean. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Like, Mm -hmm. I still needed to grieve that. And I still needed to, like, go through the process of, you know, what's that like of hurting somebody else or Mm. abandoning. Did I make the right decision? Yeah, all the things. And I never gave it the space. And so, and then Mm -hmm. usually the one that is the one that gets broken up with, um, there's so many ways it can go of, like, you know, hopping in relationships. Oh, yeah. Or taking time for yourself, and there's not right or wrong. Like it, it is like you yeah. in that moment, you're doing everything that you need to get the medicine that you need for your soul mm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so, however it looks post breakup, but it, that walking through that process of a separation, like and the, the energetic cord cutting, um, you know, long term, I'm saying two years or more, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is a process that is just it gets it gets to be honored and how yeah. that looks yeah like, you know and mm-hmm. if it's again if it's going into another relationship that's how that's how that person chooses to honor it i've done that yeah and it, space and i've done that too mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you know again not right or wrong but they it gets to be the breakup gets to be absorbed yeah you know and because it, it will it'll point you in the direction you absolutely need to go mm-hmm. if you let it mm-hmm.
Yeah, it's a, it's a medicine experience for sure. I mean, I say like I mean the most the most potent. <clears throat> I I'd say mm, yes, and the other potent one is the actual being in the sacred union. Oh, totally. Yeah, like, yeah. Staying in the relationship staying in the sacred too. Sacred union is. I mean that that two years that we were together was mm. lots of medicine for both of us, and some mm. really really amazing times and like glimpses of like amazing potential and also. Yeah, like we can hindsight being like, are we both ready? Or who knows? Like, mm-hmm. we were, we were, the fact of the matter is, we were both there mm-hmm. for two years, mm-hmm. and we were medicine for. And both of us, are, whatever we're experiencing in life, we are each a part of right. whatever's happening right now, right. separately. Mm-hmm. Like, there's you can't. The, the the magic and the medicine of a sacred union is the most powerful ceremony on the planet. Because mm-hmm. you will, you think you're ready, you're not ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that was just like going into the ayahuasca ceremony it's uh, yeah it's like you think you're ready but are you really ready for this mm-hmm. it's like no but i'm here too that's it i'm i'm here and there's nowhere to go yeah <laughs> that's the that's the readiness is like mm. i'm here you know because like you're not you're not going to be ready for what's coming because you don't have any fucking clue right but you can be ready to say, like, I'm here for what I don't know and what I'm going to be shown and, and standing in the storms and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the pleasure, too, because the pleasure with the sacred union is also... It's also, next yeah, level. next level. Yeah. 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 Not just darkness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. We covered a lot of territory. Yeah, we did. Um, how, how, how would you like to integrate this conversation? I think we've gone we've gone deep yeah. into like the medicine path, um, talking about bufo, talking about ayahuasca, mm-hmm. talking about the medicine journey experience itself, yeah. the different lessons that come out of it, um, a bit about nervous system regulation, yeah. the the symptoms of anxiety and dysregulation. Yeah. Um, talked about relationships, sacred union, <laughs> heartbreak, healing, yeah. um, addiction. Yeah. Um, recovery yeah like where how do we how do we bring this together um dude we did cover a lot <laughs> <laughs> i mean this feels like a little bit of a, a medicine journey totally in of itself yeah absolutely uh, it, that's it mm. like that's that's what it is is yeah. like how do we honor and integrate our life moment to moment mm, mm-hmm. how do we like how do we um all the things we just talked about those are all part of life like we like we talked about five things there or so. Mm-hmm. All of them are like are the basic pillars of life. Right. You know, and so I think that to integrate it's it's what in, in integration to me is experience happens. Maybe mm-hmm. not all of it's relevant. Maybe mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. How do we take what's in that experience and allow it to shift us? Allow it to move us. Mm-hmm. Allow it to guide mm-hmm. us. Because mm-hmm. if we, I mean, and nothing gets to be, and some things don't maybe not come with us, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like nothing really gets to be discounted. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I think the moment we start looking away from things as, like, oh, it doesn't matter, is the moment that we open ourselves up for cancer, disease, anxiety, mm-hmm. all these things. Yeah. So the more that we can do to cultivate awareness and, I'd say, acceptance mm. in life is, like, really what integration is. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy of mine ask me the other day, it's like about transformational work. Like, what's is self love the base of it all? Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, that's a really good question. And I thought about it for a second and I said, mm, 
I don't think it is. I think that acceptance mm. is is, mm. A, is mm-hmm. a piece of it all because there's no, you're not going to love yourself in every moment. No, not at all. Like you're going to have like in ayahuasca, like you, there's moments where you're like, wow, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> 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 I've been there. I've experienced it. And if you can accept that part of you, yeah, that will lead you to the self love. Mm-hmm. Because like we love, it's really easy to exile parts of us. Easy. The shame part, the guilt part, the addict. Mm. And when we can accept those parts of us, that's the welcoming back home of those parts of us. And that's us coming back into wholeness, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is self-love. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's, that's probably the, that's how I would like to integrate mm. yeah. you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I, I agree with that totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, acceptance is the key and acceptance is the, it's the doorway. Yes. That, that leads to self-acceptance. Right. And then that leads to more love because then you, you naturally become a more loving person, a more accepting person, a more Mm -hmm. compassionate person. And then, you know, then you get to give that medicine to yourself. And so just loving yourself is great. But what does that actually mean? What does that look like? I think it looks like integrity. Mm -hmm. I think it looks like, um, healthy accountability. Um, and I think integration and integrity are the same thing. Right at the level of the nervous system, if you're dysregulated or you feel out of integration, you feel disintegrated and scattered and anxious and all that, I think it's because the nervous system is processing two separate selves. Mm. Like, so the self that's addicted and the self that's not addicted, the self that's aspiring for better and the self that's stuck in the victim. Mm -hmm. I think, and so the nervous system doesn't know how to reconcile because there's a lack of congruency. Yeah. So the only way to actually integrate the system is to come into greater integrity um, between the mind and the body mm. and the self-identity yes. and the, the self-concept. So if I'm saying I am about something, but then I'm repeatedly going against that, then there's going to be this, this, you know, this, this, um, this uh, stress response, yeah, this di- yeah, dis-ease, exactly. Yeah. And then like you said, like that becomes the open door for the manifestation of dis-ease symptoms. Yes. You know, that might take 20 or 30 years to fully manifest. Right. Um, you think it came out of nowhere. Did I eat something? Did yeah. I ingest some kind of pollution? Or I'm doing all the right things of shower filters and <laughs> cleansing and all this. And, yeah. and that's key and important. But if you don't have... I would say like even more of a multidimensional perspective and awareness. Mm-hmm. And this is where the medicines come in because they activate that multidimensional, um, like cosmic, even like cosmic Christ, um, awareness that, that you realize like, Oh, I'm an infinite soul, yes. but I'm in a finite body and both must be honored. And even the finite body needs to be honored even more so in a lot of ways. Um, because it's very easy to escape into the infinite kind mm-hmm. of cosmological, spiritual aspect. But, you know, we are here in these bodies and you don't want to miss too many moments. Totally. And I feel like that's what these these crises or wake-up calls are, is they're like some sort of manifestation to wake us back up to all the, un, the, the, um, the moments that we're missing. It's like, yo, you're missing your life. You're missing all of this. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to last forever. Yeah. You need to wake up and course correct to get back into presence. Yes. Um, and that certainly came up for me a number of times in the journey as well. I'm just feeling like I'm, I'm missing 
a lot of moments because I'm, you know, I'm still like, you know, whatever, meandering around things that are relevant, but also yeah. not that relevant too. Yes. Kind of, a, it's a paradox. Totally. Yeah. Because you've got to handle those things. Yeah. And like, we can get busy always handling those things. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you miss the love connections, the eye contact, the, mm-hmm. you know, just like a dinner where you're just laughing with your friends about, fuck, the Simpsons or, yeah, yeah. or something like those moments matter too and we yeah. like like especially in our world like mm-hmm. it gets very serious <laughs> it get yeah it gets very serious <laughs> and it's and it, it's i get it like there's moments when that matters but it's also like really and this is another medicine recently in mine is joy mm-hmm. like, how, like enjoyment is the 3d experience of life yeah you know and then and then we go to the cosmology and the astrals and the spirituality mm-hmm. to enhance this right come back here and be more more present with our lover more present with our business more present Mm. with our laughter like all these things but if you know and like you said it's both get to be honored Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm that's beautiful yeah 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 perfect great way to end it yeah where can everyone (laughs) find more about you uh, Instagram is the best place. Okay. At Sam Gibbs Morris, and mm-hmm. the Gibbs is G I B B S, mm-hmm. and then the website is uh, www.samgibbsmorris.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We'll have that on the show notes. Awesome, brother. It's been an honor. Dude, thank you so much. I'm so yeah. glad we got to finally do this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, man, it's beautiful. Yeah. You're a beautiful soul, dude. <laughs> thank you, brother. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Yeah. I see you. Appreciate you. Yeah.